Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. C.J. Stroud labeled a bust. Aaron Rodgers gets traded to New York, finally. And we get you ready for all the draft day stupidity you're about to encounter over the next 48 hours. Let's go. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. You may or may not have heard by now, but C.J. Stroud is a draft bust. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, and one NFL executive has come out and has decided that C.J. Stroud is, in fact, a bust. According to an article on NFL rumors from ClutchPoints.com, one NFL executive was quoted as saying, Stroud scored an 18, one executive said. That is like, red alert, red alert. You can't take that guy. That is why I have Stroud as a bust. That in conjunction with the fact, name one Ohio State quarterback that's ever done it in the league. So there you have it, folks. C.J. Stroud has already been labeled a bust. And why? Because of his apparent score of 18 on an S2 cognition test. And I found a quote of what an S2 cognition test is because I believe the S2 cognition test actually has replaced the Wonderlick test for measuring the athletics or the athlete's ability to think and move in process. 
the S and I quote, the S2 cognition helps athletes better understand why they excel and struggle in certain areas of their game by revealing how their brain is wired to perform. The S2 evaluation is the only sports evaluation that specifically measures an athlete's game speed cognitive abilities down to the millisecond level and provides tailored on-field drills designed by top-level coaches to measurably improve performance. So there you have it, unquote. There you have it. Draft is over. Forget C.J. Stroud. He scored an 18% tile on the C2 or S2 cognition test, which measures how well he can think and act and move on the football field. So he's a bust. Forget it. Okay. All right. Anyway, do you guys remember the Wonderlick test? You know, the Wonderlick test, right? That was the test that measured people's general level of intelligence. So now in the NFL, instead of getting your general level of intelligence measured, now you're getting your in-game speed, game speed cognitive abilities tested. So I want to go back to the Wonderlick because it's a nice lesson in why people reveal test scores. Why do people link test scores? Now, do any of you remember Lamar Jackson's Wonderlick score? My guess is you don't, because honestly, it wasn't leaked until later. Lamar Jackson's Wonderlick score was a 13. And this, I believe, is out of 40. In that draft, you had four major quarterbacks, right? You had Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Lamar Jackson. Most of the league wanted Lamar Jackson to play wide receiver. The Wonderlick scores from those players are, as I, I believe, as, as follows. Josh Allen had a 38. Sam Darnold had a 28. Baker Mayfield had a 25. And Lamar Jackson had a 12. Which means Lamar Jackson would have had to more than double, double his Wonderlick score to catch up to Baker Mayfield. Now, I put this to you. Who ended up being the better NFL quarterback? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. If you had to rank those four, would they rank out Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson? I think even the casual football fan would know that that is not how they ranked out. And if you decided at some point to go travel to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and look at the exhibits... You would walk through the Pro Football Hall of Fame, at least back when the draft was in Cleveland, and you could not go into any room without Lamar Jackson having some kind of thing in that room. So clearly, the league thinks that Lamar Jackson has done a better job than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. So what did the Wonder League t t uh, tell us? I don't know. Basically measured intelligence. Now, this is the first year that the new, uh, the new S2 test is being used. So we don't know what that's going to come out to be. We don't know if this is going to have any measurable bearing on anything or not. But you have one NFL executive 
already deciding that C.J. Stroud is a bust based on that test. Come on, people. Not to be outdone, there was the report and the back and forth between Brady Quinn and Ryan Clark in the media over C.J. Stroud's apparent snub of the Manning camp. According to Quinn, the Manning Passing Academy, I have been told that he committed to it the night before and then kind of just ghosted them. He didn't show up. That's football royalty, and when you do that, that's going to set off some alarms for people like, hey man, that's not how you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family, or just in general if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. Okay, so now we have this crazy story that I can't seem to find anybody that confirms actually happened. If anything, people are coming out to report that, no, he didn't commit to the Manning camp, and this is all just some BS story. But not to be outdone, Ryan Clark wants to come to Stroud's defense, right? And he says, and I quote, C.J. Stroud never committed to attend the Manning camp. He chose to work with his teammates at Ohio State instead before his final season. He said he, oh, excuse me, he wasn't paid to go. And furthermore, what does Brady Quinn know about acquiescing to the Manning family? And what does that have to do with leading an NFL organization? So now we've got the, the did C.J. Stroud ghost the Mannings, football royalty, screw over his ability to be an NFL franchise because he doesn't know how to act off the field. The bickering goes on and on in this attempt to tear down C.J. Stroud. And I think players, unfortunately, have to deal with this kind of stuff. The media wants to print money. They want to make money. They want to say things that are going to get things going on. And just like the Cleveland Browns fan base, the Ohio State fan base is a very active fan base when it comes to social media, when it comes to reading articles, when it comes to clicking articles, when it comes to getting those things that make you money on the internet, the Ohio State fan base does it, just like the Cleveland Browns fan base does. So here's an attempt... I think, in part, to make some money off of a, a situation. Brady Quinn probably got told what he reported. Now, should he think about what he's saying before he reports it? Probably. Okay? And we got Ryan Clark. Gonna defend it. Gonna defend his man. Gonna defend C.J. Stroud. And in the process, he too is gonna make money off the situation. Now, players have the ability to make money off their name, image, and license. When does it come a point where players are allowed to say, take some legal action when it comes to these kind of things, when it comes to the NFL draft? Because when people come out and make up these stories, the resulting sometimes action is that that person falls in the draft. And if that person falls in the draft, as you know, money slotted goes to each individual slot per draft. So if you get drafted first, you're expected to sign in a certain slot range. Second with a lesser slot range than the first one. So if you start dropping based on basically lies and innuendos, to me, I'm not sure how that's not slander. It's not libel because it's not in print. Maybe it's in print if you put it on Twitter, then it becomes libel. But it's also 
not truthful. And the question is, do they know if this is truthful when they put it out there? Blah, blah, blah. There has to be some kind of recourse for players. Now, you may recall the same thing happened to Justin Fields, right? Remember Justin Fields is coming out of the draft and somebody comes, Dan Orlovsky comes out and says, and I quote, one, I have heard that he is the last guy in and the first guy out type of quarterback, like not the maniacal work ethic. I've even heard it compared to Justin Herbert, where it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, he was like a psychopath when it came to working out and getting ready for the draft, unquote. Or even at school, like, quote, give me more. I want to just work nonstop, unquote, said Dan Orlovsky. That was his first point, right? Justin Fields is the last guy there and the first guy out and doesn't have a work ethic. Orlovsky, not to be outdone, continues. The second thing is, where is his desire to be a great quarterback? I think there has to be a desire to be a big-time athlete. And from what is expressed to me, where is his desire to be a great quarterback? And to be great, you got to be willing to find the things that you're not good at and just freaking grind on them. Unquote. So here's Dan Orlovsky back in 2021, right? Just tearing down Justin Fields. And so Justin Fields also, right? He has his own defender. Along comes Kirk Herbstreet, former Ohio State quarterback, now I believe ESPN personality who broadcasts football games. He decides to take on Fields. On, he tries to take on Dan Orlovsky on Justin Fields' behalf. Okay, and then there's this Ohio State connection. The sentiment that nobody from Ohio State can succeed in the NFL. Okay, I don't buy this one bit. Personally, I remember watching the Scarlet and Gray game way back in the day and wondering why is Urban Meyer starting Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow. That doesn't make any sense to me. I should have tweeted it back then. That would have been phenomenal, but I didn't, so I can't go back and take credit for that. But I wish I would have tweeted it back then. And then Joe Burrow transfers, goes to LSU, and now LSU gets all the credit for developing Joe Burrow. I mean, really, Joe Burrow is just a good quarterback, whether he went to Ohio State or LSU. The point is, does it really matter where you go to college? Does a college determine how much of a good quarterback you are? Does it not? This is another one of those draft idiocy things going on right now but you've got Justin Fields week before the draft having his work ethic question his desire to be a quarterback question now there's CJ Stroud is he smart can he make decisions got his test scores leaked right we've got you know is he ditching on NFL royalty so why are people all over C.J. Stroud just like they were Justin Fields? Why are people linking this dumb stuff? Well, if you remember that draft with Justin Fields, right? Trevor Lawrence was the golden boy in that draft, right? He went first overall to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Then you've got Zach Wilson. I have no idea where this guy came from. His tape and everything said third rounder but I mean apparently you know when you're going into the draft people think that you're pretty good oh by the way 
And as we will talk about later, Zach Wilson has a new quarterback in his room. And then there's Trey Lance, another one of these guys that came out of nowhere, right? And those two were able to jump Justin Fields because all this negative stuff is coming out about Fields. By the way, where are Zach Wilson and Trey Lance? Trey Lance, by the way, is on the trade block. And Zach Wilson just had another quarterback brought into his room. Where's Justin Fields? Well, I think he's starting to settle in the quarterback in Chicago. So who got who, who was the better end of that one? But Fields was torn down, right? He was the guy. He was the only guy for a team because he was falling down the board, right? He was the only guy that a team in the middle of the draft, middle of the first round, could come up for and get, right? And that's what the Bears did. They came up to number 11 and picked Justin Fields. Somebody wanted Justin Fields in 2021, and they wanted him badly. And to get him, they needed him to fall. They needed him to fall far enough that they could make a trade up to pick him up. You follow me here? They needed him to fall. So then all of a sudden, here comes the work ethic questions. Here comes, do I want to be a great quarterback questions? Things that get out there that make other teams think, maybe I don't want this guy. Maybe I don't want that guy. Maybe I should take a second look at his work ethic. And then all of a sudden, he starts to fall down the draft until the team who really, really wants him is able to jump up and grab him. Good for you, Chicago Bears. Hope you weren't the ones behind the rumors but I'm glad you got your guy. So the question is, is this what happened to Stroud? By the way, you notice what wasn't leaked was Lamar Jackson's Wonderlick score, right? I think he got a 12 or a 13. I think it was 13. Maybe I said 12 earlier. That'd have been my mistake on the Wonderlick. And that was never leaked. Nobody ever leaked Lamar Jackson's Wonderlick score. Why? Because nobody wanted Lamar Jackson to play quarterback. They wanted him to play wide receiver. So if you wanted Lamar Jackson to play quarterback, you didn't have to worry about it. He wasn't getting picked in the first round as a quarterback because nobody wanted him to play quarterback. In fact, the Ravens jumped up and grabbed him at the end of the first round because they were the only ones who wanted him at quarterback, and they built an entire system around everything that he could do. And, by the way, his Wonderlick score still, quote-unquote, wasn't leaked in draft time, but even the team that wanted him in the draft, they no longer want him. They don't want him now. If they wanted him now, they'd sign him now. But they don't think he's worth the money that he wants. Therefore, he's still out there. But never in any of this process was anything ever leaked about him to make you think that he couldn't play quarterback. And that was never leaked because nobody wanted him bad enough to leak stuff to make him fall. I'm telling you, my friends, somebody wants C.J. Stroud. And they want him badly. 
and they want him to fall badly. They want him to go low enough that they can jump up and get him. And to do that, they're leaking everything they can to make everyone rethink exactly what's going on. I went out yesterday. I thought, you know what? I haven't done any work on quarterbacks. Whatever. I went out yesterday, and I watched eight Ohio State games with C.J. Stroud. I watched good games, bad games, run-of-the-mill games. I looked at how teams approached defending him, how they tried to not, the things they didn't do to defend him, because a lot of times what teams don't do say just as much as what teams do to a quarterback. C.J. Stroud has one thing I think he can fix. And I think that got exposed in the Northwestern game when Northwestern rushed four, dropped seven, and said, beat us by throwing the football, which he had no problem doing. But Stroud could have helped himself in that game when he rolled out or just to escape the pocket and just gain yards with his feet. He was too willing to stand back and throw the ball and try to throw the ball into a spot to a receiver when he could have gained 15, 20 yards just running the football. All right? That's my critique of Stroud. Beyond that, there are things that he could fix, but who doesn't have issues? Right? Then I watched eight games of Bryce Young. I watched every piece of film I could watch on Bryce Young, and I promise you, as much as I'm sitting here, C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this draft. Now, what's going to happen is, will the Carolina Panthers do something dumb and decide, oh, we're just going to take Bryce Young. Huge mistake for the Panthers. But we'll see. Maybe they'll do it. Huge mistake if they do. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this draft. NFL teams know it. Somebody wants him to fall. Someone wants them, Somebody wants some team to take the bait, let him drop, so they can get the best quarterback in the draft. That's why he's getting this stuff out here. And take it to the bank. He will be the best quarterback in this draft, provided – he can get to a team that can use him correctly. And that's the real trick because you have to have an actual plan for C.J. Stroud. If you don't have a plan for C.J. Stroud, it's not going to work out for you. Same way with Bryce Young. They're not finished products. You have to have a plan. All right, let's take a break here. Get the bills paid. On the other side, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and get you ready for draft day stupidity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. So it is about 48 hours out of the draft right now as we're recording. 
And I'm reminded of something my kids used to say to me when it comes to the four, first the 48 hours before the draft. My kids used to love watching a show called That 70s Show. And I was always, my kids always compared me to Red Foreman, the dad on that show. Apparently, I'm a dad somewhat in the same way that Red Foreman's a dad. I kind of see it. But he had a signature word, and it reminds me of what goes on. So I'm calling this segment Draft Day Dumbassery. What's, what dumbass stuff is going to happen for the next 48 hours before the draft? So since we don't know, I want to review the top, my favorite top three moments in two different categories over the last few years in the draft. The first category is draft day scandals that cause players to lose money. All right. Draft day scandals that cost players money. Number three. Josh Allen's racist tweets. Now, you may remember before that draft, Josh Allen was in. About 24 hours before the draft, these racist tweets of Josh Allen. I say that in quotes. I say racist in quotes. Tweets came out from Josh Allen. From when Josh Allen, by the way, was 16, he made these quote-unquote racist comments. He had to come out, do the apology, right, do the, I'm a young kid, I'm stupid, I said dumb stuff, and I'm matured, and I'm going to be a great NFL quarterback. But it may have cost him. He may have slipped down some spots because of these quote-unquote racist tweets. Number two, Laramie Tunzel's gas mask bong. Now, you guys may remember this. Laramie Tunzel was picked to be, or slotted to be the second or third pick in the draft. But day of the draft, a video surfaced of... Laramie Tunzel smoking a bong through a gas mask. The, the bong was set up through a gas mask. He, the, the marijuana was smoke was right there in the gas mask. He's inhaling it. Boom. I think he dropped 10 slots that draft period. 10. It became a big scandal. He was looking to figure out who got into his Twitter or whatever he got into and posted those videos. 10 slots. But the number one draft day reveal that cost a player money was Lyle Collins and his ex-girlfriend. Lyle Collins' ex-girlfriend apparently was shot and killed. That's not funny. He was shot and killed, and Collins was looked to be questioned in the situation. Of course, NFL teams at this point say, we don't have enough time to look into this. We can't figure this out. And Collins goes completely undrafted. Now, Part of this was by design because Collins's camp came out about day three and said, if you guys draft me, I'm not going to sign with your team. So he goes completely undrafted. And then he's a free agent. He can sign anywhere he wants for however much any team wants to pay for him. And the Cowboys come in and sign him. So maybe he gained money from the ex-girlfriend dying. I don't know. But that's one of the things that came out within 24 hours of the draft. Now, category number two, things that happened in draft that caused players money. Number one, or excuse me, number three, Miles Jack's knee. Now, you guys may not remember this, but Miles Jack had off-season surgery coming up to the draft, could not participate in the combine, and people were concerned that he 
would not be able to play football next year because of an injury and didn't want to draft him. This is the same Miles Jack who played both running back and linebacker in college, right? And after he went undrafted in the first round, Miles Jack posted a video of him slam dunking a basketball. And then lo and behold, the next day he gets drafted, I believe, third in the second round. So Miles Jack having to deal with the medical issues, slipping out of an entire round. Number two, Maurice Hurst's quote unquote heart condition. You may remember this. Maurice Hurst, I believe, came out of the University of Michigan and was said to have had, I believe he came out of Michigan. I could be wrong on that. Said to have had a heart condition and he fell, I believe, to day three. First round talent falling to day three because nobody wanted to touch the heart issue. And then it turns out he had a slight heart murmur and he was evaluated and was willing to take the risks and the Raiders got themselves a prime talent in the late round. By the way, Maurice Hirsch signs with the Browns this past year. So we'll see how that heart condition works. And number one of draft day domassery of rumors, draft day rumors that cost people money is Jeremiah Owusu Koromora. Jeremiah Owusu Koromora supposedly also had a heart condition that would prevent him from playing football. He falls all the way into the second round, and the Browns end up drafting him, which was, in my opinion, the steal of that entire draft. And if you guys may remember, it was, can we get Greg Newsom or Jeremiah Wusu Koromora at our pick in, I believe, it was the 26, 24, 26 range? Browns got both of them. Both of them. Now, you may not have noticed, but Aaron Rodgers, speaking of dumbassery, has been agreed to, in principle, to be traded to the New York Jets. Good for Jets fans. You've had Brett Favre past his prime, and now you've got Aaron Rodgers past his prime. So the details of all this are being hammered out, and the the trade is not yet official, at least at the time of this recording. But I do have to ask, who should be most concerned about Aaron Rodgers coming to New York? Should it be the Patriots? For some reason, we still think the Patriots are the cream of the crop in that division because of Bill Belichick. I don't think the Patriots have anything to be worried about. They weren't winning that division anyway. Josh Allen and Buffalo. Now, Josh Allen and Buffalo have been a top-tier AFC team. They probably should be concerned about Aaron Rodgers coming into the division. Should it be the AFC powerhouses? By AFC powerhouses, I'm talking about Kansas City and Cincinnati. Those two teams have been the best two teams in the AFC the last couple years. Should they be concerned the Jets now have Aaron Rodgers? I believe the number one group of people that should be concerned should be Jets fans. Because if the Jets screw this up, there is no hope. If you get Aaron Rodgers... And you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and you can't win with Aaron Rodgers? There's some real, real problems. But this is the Jets, right? They love their washed-up people, right? They had Brett Favre, Boomer Esiason. You could probably name a whole bunch of people. They have yet to get this quarterback position right, outside of maybe Mark Sanchez, since Joe Namath. Oh, and by the way, the Jets say that they're not done with Zach Wilson yet. He's still an integral part of their plan. Okay. 
I have a hard time believing that, Jets. But if if Zach Wilson was your man, and you got it right, then why are you bringing in Aaron Rodgers? All right. So if the Jets screw this up, and if I were a Jets fan, I'm not sure I would show my face at the stadium again. I think I'd be wearing a bag for the next decade if I were a Jets fan. That is unreal. And that is our show for today. Have fun with the draft. All right. Go out there. Have fun. Watch the draft. But don't say I didn't warn you about the C.J. Stroud situation. You're prepared for the dumbassery that's about to come. And we know Aaron Rodgers is traded. So let's go Browns. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 